We were just singing the song Cornerstone and was thinking about the words, show your mighty hand, we, we sang. And then the phrase that follows that talks about showing a strong hand, heal our streets and our land. Truth is, these hands that I ask you to look at can be used several different ways. They can hurt. You can make a fist. I mean, we saw that with Will Smith at the Oscars. Remember that one? That was a way that hands should not be used. We've seen hands grasp weapons and create violence and hurt and death. We've seen hands with obscene gestures and threats. We've seen hands literally. Think about sometimes cringing watching an adult grab the arm of a child and you can see them squeezing. It's like, don't do that. They're a little one. They're fragile. There's so many ways hands could be used to hurt. Or we can use our hands with a different kind of touch. That's what we were singing about when we talked about God showing his mighty hand, heal. Hands can be used to heal. They can be comforting. They can be reassuring. They can lift up, strengthen. There are different ways. And part of why this scripture is so important today is because it reveals to us something very essential about touch. Now, everybody here knows that from experience that a touch can do something powerful, comfort, reassurance. It can convey love. But what we've learned about touching, it's essential if we're going to make it in life. Do you know how hard it was during the pandemic, especially when there was no visitation allowed in the hospital? And there were thousands of people going through the hospitals, a lot of them from this church that were really sick. And we were not allowed to go because when I go to the hospital, one of the things I do is just not, it's not simply visiting with a person and finding out how they're doing, but I say, may I pray for you? And I often, I offer my hand each time I do. Now, we're careful about touch. It's not forced. It's not aggressive. You know, if it's unwanted, it's okay. But if it's okay and safe, then there is that gentle touch. May I pray for you and I offer my hand. Because the prayer, which is powerful, is one thing, but the touch is another. It's never just what we say. It's what we do. Dr. Morris Weigelt knows about the importance of touch. A physician who was going through a time of deep depression. He hit a low spot one night when he was on call in the hospital. And they have a physician's on call room where he was trying to get some rest during one of the downtimes. But as he put it, while he was laying there on the cot trying to get some rest, all his insecurities, all the depression came back roaring in in his life. And it just was terrible. He was in such a dark place. So he got out of bed and he started walking around. I mean, this is 2, 3 in the morning. He was simply looking for somebody else who was awake. And he wanted one thing, a hug. That's all he wanted was a hug. And it turns out the only person that he could find that was available was this big, burly security guard. He walked up to him and he said, sir, could you give me a hug? I'm not sure that security guard got that request very often, but he did that night. 
And he said, I sure will. And he just wrapped his big arms around him and hugged the doctor. And the doctor said, you know, I found comfort and I found encouragement from the touch of that big burly security guard. And he said, and I went back to my room and I slept peacefully. Touch is powerful. When it's used the right way, it is healing. Maybe you can identify with that. Maybe you've needed a hug. There are times when it's just scary, it's awful. Those insecurities, depression, whatever it is comes on. It could be grief. Sometimes we just need a hug. We don't need words anymore. We don't need somebody to fix it. We just need somebody to touch us, to sit with us, to be with us. Which is why this story is important. In the Gospel of Mark, in the first chapter, right off the bat, there is this remarkable story of touch. Turns out that a man with leprosy, a leper, came to Jesus. And Mark tells us he fell to his knees. He says this, if you're willing, you can make me clean. If you're willing, you can make me clean. And we have to pay attention to what Jesus did. Mark tells us he was filled with compassion. He cared. This happens over and over again in the Gospels if you read carefully. But Jesus reached out his hand and he touched this leper. And if you just stop there, that is a remarkable thing because touching a leper was absolutely not what you did, especially at that time. Nobody touched someone with leprosy. In fact, Hebrew law, the Jewish law, required that you don't touch a leper. They were not just sick with something, but they were seen ritually unclean. Something was fundamentally wrong with them spiritually. You don't want to get it, not just the disease, but you don't want to mess up that spiritual well-being. In fact, from the writings of those times in different cultures, leprosy was seen as a loathsome disease. Hey, get something else, but don't get leprosy. Unclean, you had to say about yourself. You were required to stay away from others. The last thing you got was a hug much less a touch. Of course, there was no cure for the disease. They weren't even sure what caused it, how it was spread. There were all kinds of ideas. But the idea was, who in the world would want to touch anyone with that condition? This man with leprosy came before the Lord. He fell on his knees and said, if you're willing, make me clean. Everybody there would have said, tell him to get lost. Make him go away. I mean, we all know you don't do that. And Jesus did something that is so counterintuitive, so antithetical, the opposite of what everybody was thinking. He touched him. I don't know. Maybe this man had gone many years without the simplest human touch. Think about that. Everybody out there was told not to touch him. Maybe there were other lepers that might have given him a hug. We don't know, but I cannot imagine what that was like where nobody wants to touch you. Nobody wants to respond to you as a person. Because every one of us needs physical touch. And everybody needs a deeper spiritual touch that God alone offers. Now, there are plenty of studies that show the power of touch. 
babies who are not touched, not held, they don't do well. They don't thrive. That failure to thrive has a lot to do with not being touched, not being held. In fact, they can die. You don't just have to be a baby to fail to thrive. If nobody wants anything to do with you, it's a terrible place to be. We all need to be touched. And there are benefits to being touched, physiological benefits. There was a series of studies done on what we call laying on of hands, that Christian practice of laying on of hands. The researcher um, who was leading these studies found something physiological that was pretty interesting. Now, laying on of hands is often done when somebody needs prayer and if they're sick. Or maybe it's, you know, sending them, commissioning them, ordaining them to go do something. There's a variety of ways we do that. But sometimes just we hold hands when we're praying for each other. It's been discovered that when you lay hands on somebody, when you take their hand and you're praying for them, the hemoglobin levels in your bloodstream go up, which means the body receives more oxygen. The tissues in the body are oxygenated, which, by the way, produces more energy and healing. I learned through the years of visiting in the hospital that sometimes when somebody has a pretty serious wound, they'll put them in a hyperbaric chamber. You know, those chambers that they put people in when they get the bends when they're diving. And they pump up the pressure in there, and that forces oxygen into those tissues. And it often helps with the healing. Who would have thought? That's what laying on of hands does. In a different way, a different level. But isn't it wonderful that God knew something about what it would take to heal a touch? You remember Jesus in his post-resurrection experience? He, he walks through the wall and he says to Thomas, who says, yeah, well, I need to see it before I'll believe it. I'm not ready to accept that Jesus is here. And he says, touch and see that it is I. Touch the scars of my hands, my feet, my side. Touch me. Let's put this to rest. Here's Jesus, who could have healed a man with leprosy by a simple word, be healed. We know that because that happens sometimes in Scripture, but he touched it. God has so many unique ways of touching us. There was that man who was blind, and Jesus made a paste of mud and water, put it on his eyes. That was a different way. He said, your sins are forgiven. Grace is communicated in so many different ways. A word, a gesture, a touch. I think that's true for all of us, even here in worship. I know what happens in worship. There are different parts that you resonate with where you're being touched. Could have been the music. Some of you are touched deeply by the music. Others, it could be just a prayer. Some of you are touched by that handshake or that hug you got or you'll give before you leave. We have this tradition of often shaking hands. I've stood at the the entrance to the sanctuary so many times after preaching and people will come through and shake my hand. But I often touch their shoulder because I don't want it just to be a gesture like hurry on, next one, next, next. I don't want to do that. 
When I touch their shoulder, I'm stopping them for a moment. Gives me a chance to look at them. How are you? Need to connect with people. Sometimes that's the powerful time for me. Some of you, it will be the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist. When we go through that, that's where you'll be touched by God's presence. Some of you, it'll be the message. We just have so many different ways of being touched by the loving, real presence of God. But this man needed Jesus' touch. He was a leper, and nobody would touch him. So God didn't give him a word. He didn't give him a thing to do, you know, go wash over there. He touched him. Which is what I love when I read the Gospels, is that God gives us what we need. There is a motivation behind that because Jesus came to bring us to the reality of God's love, to touch our very souls with hope and forgiveness. The man with leprosy came to Jesus. He begged him on his knees, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Those are the words of everyone who has ever felt unworthy, unloved, untouchable. And, of course, the response is remarkable. The Lord, no surprise there, is filled with compassion. Jesus takes his hand and he touches this man. Because he is willing. That's always the response of God. There was no known treatment for leprosy at that time. Thank heavens we have it now. We understand it far better. But there wasn't then. There was no medicine that could restore, make him clean, to revive that feeling in those dead limbs. But the power of God did that. And I will say that this story is here, not simply for the lepers that are out there, but for all of us that have a different kind of leprosy. We may have a disease that's eating away the way we feel about ourselves. Or maybe we're just angry at those folks, you know, those people out there. Or maybe we're discontent because of what's happened to us. I mean, there's so many ways that there can be a different kind of emotional or even spiritual leprosy eating away at us. And God doesn't just simply stand there and look and say, oh, good luck with it. If we'll just turn and say, Lord, I need help. There is that touch, that power that can cleanse and restore us and not just give us life, but give us abundant life. You can think of the number of times in my ministry where I've seen it click in somebody. They have just been eaten up by years and years and years, perhaps, of shame or guilt or anger or sense of inadequacy. It comes in different forms. And suddenly they see that that's not God's will for them in their life. But they can see that there is a loving God who is willing to touch them as they are. You remember the old hymn, just as I am, I come to thee. That's the way you do it. You don't get your act together first. This is not about achieving some sort of perfection or a high standard, and then God will take care of you. You come broken, eaten up, destroyed. That's where God wants to meet you, right where you are, just as you are. 
this man fell on his knees, which at that time was a, a symbol of recognition of great power, strength. That's what you did for the Lord or for the king, for the one who had power over you. He just humbly fell on his knees. But remarkably, he recognizes who Jesus is. He is the Lord of life who reached into human life, our lives, to hold, to touch, to save those he loves. I've learned something through this pandemic when so much of touch was taken away from us. You remember how hard that was as people were isolated. I would sometimes forget where I was and I'd stand close to somebody and I could see them backing up. It's like, oh, we're moving the wrong way. I mean, there were reasons for it. I understood that. But I thought, what's happening to us? As our youth were sharing, some of them were sharing today, and I've been reading in the news and some of the studies, for many, many, many of our youth, it has become a time of isolation, of more stress, more anxiety, more doubt. It's time to touch with our words, with our hands, with our lives, with our support, with our love, to convey what God has done for us. The story of the leper is our story. When we've been eaten up with that separation, that anxiety, with that hurt, that darkness, it is time to be touched in that safe, gentle way, appropriately, lovingly. And what I love about the story is it comes from the Lord. He doesn't stand there and say, it's okay, buddy. You're going to be all right. Go wash in that river. He touches him. And he's made whole. That's what's got me through this. It's what gets me every day. It's remembering that God loves us so much. And he touches us. So that we would not live, live with that sense of being isolated, rejected, alone. We're children of the king. We're his sons and daughters. We're his family. God so loved the world that he touched us. So let me invite you to stand. And if you're comfortable, take the hand of somebody next to you. That's a touch. there is another hand that holds you as well. It's the Lord of the universe. I am so grateful for that touch for my friends and family. But I'm immensely grateful for the touch of our Savior. Jesus cared enough to reach down and touch my heart, your heart, the world's heart. All of you are loved by God you receive that touch it makes all the difference in the world brothers and sisters go now in peace and go in love amen